Coming up. No, I've been to, to many dark rooms. I really felt really comfortable, even if I haven't been part of the community. And, and um, when you were in the dark room, were you part of the community, if you're not know saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Really? You actually got involved? A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Today, we're joined by multi-award-winning filmmaker Sebastian Meiser. He's just brought out a film called The Great Freedom. It's set in post-World War II Germany and follows the story of Hans, who is imprisoned for being gay and develops a relationship with his cellmate, Victor. Sounds hot, right? Um, can I get a word in, James? I was just getting it done quick, Dan, because you said you had people coming into the meeting room you booked. Do you know what? This film is so informative. Um, I think we both learned a hell of a lot just from watching it specifically about paragraph 175 which is this crazy rule that began in 1871 and went all the way through to um, 1994 uh, which criminalized gay men in Germany it's quite the dark film but we really really loved chatting to Sebastian yeah I mean not about paragraph 175 but Sebastian who I think identifies as a non-gay actually spent quite a lot of time in dark rooms for research to this film which I think is just so amazing and inspiring and Dan maybe you should do the same for the podcast what do you think I'll give it some thought but it's actually really interesting because he talks about how beautiful dark rooms are and I've honestly like a gay person would never describe a dark room as beautiful but Sebastian finds the beauty in a dark room and I think that is what you're saying is he finds the light in the dark oh you see dan that's why you're an award-winning producer what what a line thanks very much (laughs) here's sebastian a gay and a non-gay is a podcast from james barr and dan hudson they're like a lovely little couple except they're not so hans becomes friends with victor who's a convicted Mm. murderer in prison do you know victor's sexuality no (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's not really implied or James is obsessed with whether this guy is gay or not he texts me going is this character gay <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know why don't you ask Sebastian <laughs> gay agenda is alive and well really <laughs> I don't know um, if you've heard James but in prison a lot of uh, a lot of straight people go, go do, you, go, do go they gay. go gay yeah yeah really I mean, I heard that. welcome to a gay and a non-gay I think a lot of people will get off on this film, actually. I think people will find this a bit of a turn-on, like this this relationship, friendship between the two. Not me, I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, I've been to to many dark rooms for research of the film. Did you uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I really felt really comfortable, even if if I'm not if I haven't been part of the community (laughs) so far, but there I was accepted. And And um, when you were in the dark room, were you part of the community, if you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Absolutely. Really? You actually got involved? (laughs) Absolutely. As a man that normally would choose to sleep with women? Yeah, why not? Oh my God, I love you. (laughs) That's so cool. I'd Um, love to know what you did, but we'll chat after. I mean, it's a rough place. You know, you know, dark rooms, probably. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I've, uh, I've been to the to the laboratory in uh, yes. in, in Berlin. It, it is a rough place, but there's so much tenderness and so much love, <laughs> and this uh, really um, well. I think it's not on. It's not about the sex to go to a dark room. You it don't is think? Also, of course, it is. But it's um, it's like um, being part of the human race in a way, and um, and I really found it interesting how much tenderness you can find there. I've never heard anyone describe it in such a beautiful way. And I suppose it maybe takes someone that's never been in that scenario before to look at it and call it that. Because to me, it's always just been this like 
But when I was younger, it was a scary place. And then as I got older, it just became like a sex place. Mm. But it isn't that. that. You're right. It's much more about connection and humanity. And yeah, that tenderness that exists between a group of people that share something so different to everyone else. So yeah, thank you. Can't wait to visit again. <laughs> so I, I I haven't been to one, so how how accurate? I might is, shed a tear when I'm next there. <laughs> how, how accurate is the one at the end of the film? Well, actually, I didn't think it was that accurate, but you maybe did. Tell me about it. No, well, I mean, it's it's supposed to be an early dark room, like um, the first ones who opened in um, in in Berlin in the early 70s were really uh, basic. You know, it was just a cellar. It, that's what they did um, early on. They took the, the prison bars and all these symbols of uh, oppression, they just took them with them <laughs> to play with them, which I found, found in, even today, it still exists. You it know? does, yeah. And uh, I find it a very interesting... Um, it's ironic in a way, you know, and uh, it's playful. That There's a very interesting uh, interpretation of Judith Butler um, about fetish and... Um, in her opinion, it's always to um, overcome the the oppression in taking the symbols of oppression and play with them. And um, this is, I think, what happened in the early dark rooms, and still, still is a tradition. I have never noticed that before, huh. and and I genuinely, I know I said as a joke, I'm going to shed a tear next time I go in a dark room, but actually, maybe I will <laughs> because I'd never looked around before and gone, oh, this is why there's prison bars here, huh. or like. I just hadn't I hadn't figured that out but yeah that makes total sense now that I'm thinking uh, about it it's inverting that shame playing with it it's yeah, yeah. really powerful the only reason I thought it wasn't realistic was because as you say it was an early dark room and I was like wow this looks like 3 p.m. in a dark room not like midnight where yeah, yeah. it would be rammed and everyone yeah. would be like completely naked yeah, yeah, yeah I mean I've been in dark rooms where you can't move mm. it's like impossible to get out because you're sort of trapped and you're like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, because it's just well, so it's just busy. Blokes everywhere bang, oh, like a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. vibe. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if that was your experience at laboratory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but very much a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Interesting. Any other, qu- any further questions? I, d- I, d- I don't know where to, I don't know where to go after that. Really, but I but... mean, th- that does exist for straight people too, right? There are clubs for, for. St- I guess you might use a word like swinger, which is probably an old school term for it. But there must be clubs where straight people are able to behave freely and explore their humanity. Well, they're not. Um, they're not the same. You have to pay a lot of money. Actually, it's it costs a lot, and it's um, it's much dirtier. Actually, really? Yeah. In what in what sense? I don't know. It's much much more hidden. I don't know. It's um, there's more shame. I wouldn't say that it's not shame, but it's um, more old old guys go there, and right. uh, they're desperately um, trying to find younger women, <laughs> ah. and they um, tend not to go there. I mean, I think there is a place in Berlin. It's called the uh, KitKat. Yes, KitKat Club, right? I think that's one of the very rare clubs where also younger women go and have and actually that's uh, led me to think about cabaret (coughs) and it's interesting how i think pre-war in germany was very vibrant very queer Mm. there was this whole community it was celebrated it was ahead of many places in the world and yet then 
it went completely backwards after the freedom that the, mm. that the Allies supposedly mm. extended mm. to Germany. So it's just so sad, isn't it, how quickly things can change. Mm. Overnight, tensions running high outside the Supreme Court. It's unbelievable that these gay men have been, in many cases, liberated from concentration mm. camps, mm. only to then go straight back into prison. And I don't know what I thought, but I think I just thought, even though it was still illegal, that because they these people had gone through enough already, I thought they just left them to it. But mm. that obviously wasn't wasn't the case. So, so talk me through it. So, gay people, as we know, were rounded up as were Jews and a lot of other minorities and thrown into concentration camps in Nazi Germany. The Allies come in, they save the day, they empty these concentration camps up. And then what do they do? Do they go through everyone and go, oh, actually, no, you were here for a reason, so we're going to put you in prison? Well, not all of them, but there are many cases, actually, yeah. Especially the, the, the concentration camps that were freed by um, the Americans and the British. So they knew, of course, they had the lists, what, what were the crimes, because they, they, there were also murderers in there in, in the concentration camps. And uh, the Pink Triangle people, like the gay people, um, they were also um, uh, seen as um, criminals still, because um, the Americans had uh, similar w uh, laws in their own country and uh, the British also so um, for them it was righteous that they were imprisoned it is crazy because I grew up in the 80s and uh, nobody ever told me you know we didn't learn at school I talked to my father who grew up in the 50s and 60s he didn't know anything about it and um, as I said I talked to many queer younger queer people they have no knowledge about that so why is it such a blind spot in our society I don't know how it is here. In, in I England. think it's probably the, s it's the same as colonization being a blind spot in our history yeah. here. Like it's not taught because I suppose we're embarrassed about it, but it's incredibly important to know what's happened so that we can continue to fight for our freedoms. Um, <laughs> sounded like a bumper sticker there. <laughs> a gay and a non-gay. Let's talk about the story in the film. How did you find that story? Did you... Did it come to you? Did you read something that inspired that? Yeah, well, we did a lot of, um, we, we met a lot of people. We, we talked to survivors or victims, people who were uh, imprisoned back in the 60s. And um, it's not one, um, it's not based on one story we heard it's it's more or less all the stories we heard come together in this um, in this character it was interesting that um, the experiences they um they, they were basically for all the people we met and all the people we spoke to were more or less the same you know the absurdity of the persecution and what they experienced in prison it was more or less the same so um, hans is some a kind of archetype I have to say, I'm, I'm in this category. For people who are just getting into your work now off the, off the back of this film, uh, where would you recommend they go within your back catalogue? Because just having a, a quick Google and there's some pretty, pretty juicy topics uh, going on. What's the next one to, to watch? Probably Outing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's about um, a paedophile. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a young paedophile who doesn't want to act out on his uh, desires, actually. Right. Yeah. And... Um, we met him uh, researching for for our, our feature fiction film. It's a real person. Yeah, it's a real person, and uh, he was back then. He was really really young, a student, like twenty four. Really nice guy, actually, and um, 
we met him and he changed completely our view on 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 the whole subject on pedophilia you wow. know because um, his ideal was always not to act out on his desires and um, that's um, was really impressive because it's his strong character actually yeah, yeah. Sounds very intense. I'm <laughs> getting the impression that's Sebastian's vibe, but <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe there's some softer stuff like back in the uh, back in the archives. But um, Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, thank um, you. And the great freedom is out in the UK now. Uh, thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com/slash/donate.